on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. Is it the right time to make the jump to 5G? Will my current phone be grandfathered in? Lamenting the tech losses that hurt the most, and what are some of the best protections against ransomware? The first question we have is actually about ransomware, uh, yeah. and it's coming from Yan. Uh, this is a good one, actually. If people move to cloud computing, will it reduce the chances of ransomware, presumably AWS, etc., will have decent security? Alfred, what's your I take? I mean, no, they, they can encrypt like the access to that, too. Like, Yeah, I like cloud computing is like a p- potential solution for something like that, but like with ransomware, they can they can encrypt a lot of like different files. If you're talking about cloud computing as in terms of like having the backup there, uh, like getting access to that is is also pretty uh, simple for a potential hacker to, uh, to take a get access to. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it was a weird morning for me. Anyway, um, like. AWS servers get breached all the time. Yeah. We, we write about like these cloud servers getting breached and then getting the data stolen. It's not hard to believe that like somebody would also be able to encrypt like the files stored on there and say like, hey, if you want these back. Um, but couldn't you presumably us- in that case, you know, since you're dealing with a third party like Amazon or Google or Microsoft, work with someone inside one of those companies to be able to get your data back as opposed I mean, to... Yeah, you, I think you would have to make backups for that. And if you're going to make backups, you just make backups on a physical server. Mm-hmm. But is it is it less or more secure having the backup on a cloud server as opposed to a physical server? I think it's less secure because, like, if it's on a cloud server, it gives hackers a better chance of getting access to it. Right. Fair enough. Brian, what else we got? Well, Eli, I wanted to ask, uh, we went over a lot of the jargon and the important numbers and math and data about uh, the 5G experience, but is there anything you can delve into on a more consumer level? Uh, did you try, did you notice any major differences in streaming video, upload, download by hand, uh, anything from a more grounded perspective as far as utilizing 5G on a mobile phone? Sure. So as far as like playing something from Netflix, it was, it opened pretty quickly. YouTube opened pretty quickly. I tried downloading PUBG last night in my apartment. I get 5G there, very solid signal, at least according to the phone. It took a little under an hour to do that. Um, So it's still... Did you try comparing that to like what it would take for a 4G phone? It It was... Basically comparable to 4G. Pretty much the same thing, yeah. So, so, and then that's been my experience largely. Again, this is just in New York, uh, but that's basically been my experience that this is not that different than what you're getting with 4G. And in some cases, that's fine because T-Mobile's 4G is pretty fast mm-hmm. in New York. There, again, in some spaces where I was getting over 100 megabits per second, which is great, but uh, it wasn't as fast as something like Sprint's mid-band 5G. Which gotcha. Was able to do things a little bit, a little bit. Quicker. But it's also in just a, f- a handful of markets, which, and with no real goal of expanding at this point well they do have a goal of expanding but that's but getting, it's super that's, ambiguous that's, that's getting acquired by t-mobile right. and having that thing right, go right. through uh here's one coming from a new name that i haven't recognized before welcome to the show goddamn gonzo kind of love that name uh why don't schools and medical facilities upgrade and update their equipment so it would be less of a chance to get hacked like shouldn't they be more secure uh, since they have such sensitive data. Alfred, what is the perspective on that? That is an extremely good question. Um, if you've ever been to your hospital or a local school and you look at their computers, I've noticed a lot of the times that they're still running like or Windows 95 yeah. or XP or something yeah. like that. And the thing is, like, think about like when you go home for like Thanksgiving or the holidays and you see that your parents are still using this really old computer and you ask them why. And Well, it's fine for me. I don't see any problems with it. 
that is the same mindset set that a lot of like schools well, and hospitals. Uh, that budgets. It's, that's also money. Yeah, that was, was going to be my second point is that like sure. they don't have that much money to do that. Right. Um, and so then the other, so it's the problem with like money. It's also a problem with like lack of technical knowledge. Yeah. And you're right that they do have a lot of sensitive information uh, that is, you know, open to attacks yep. all the time. Um, it, get, it gets down to, you know, it's not like whether or not they can or can't get hacked. It's whether or not a hacker takes notice of them and, say, and says, oh, yeah, I should yep. I should do this. But, you know, that that's that is a major problem for a lot of schools and hospitals. There's a, a Wall Street Journal story from like a month or so ago about a hospital that actually had to shut down like permanently because wow. they didn't want to deal with like the money that it would cost to recover from the ransomware attack. And it's also important to know, especially for hospitals or anything, any kind of medical uh, establishment. There are a lot of additional regulations you got to jump through, yeah. regulatory hoops to jump through when you make technological upgrades. Like they also have to be HIPAA compliant. There's a lot of hoops, and for a lot of folks beyond the bu- the the budget aspect of it, it's like it's too much trouble, right? Yeah, you're dealing with day to day stuff. You just don't have time, or as you said, technical expertise to make those upgrades. So. Yeah, I, and in my story, I talk about you know city government efforts to to protect against it, like doing backups on an air gap server like twice uh twice a day yeah. and stuff like that. That is New York City. Like they they have a ton of money to do stuff like this. If you're in like a rural like community, right. like what are you gonna do? Like you don't have the same level of expertise that somebody or any resources. Or, or you don't have the budget to hire someone to do a yeah. manual backup right. twice a day. Yeah. That's a full time job. We have uh, Matthew Datcher in the chat, as always, with a really fantastic contributions to this uh, commentary. He says the problem with schools and hospitals it's the fact there's a lot of equipment that the manufacturers are very slow to upgrade, so they become vectors of the attack. He goes on to say, in hospitals, it's even worse. If an MRI machine is a few years old, the management computer could potentially still be running Vista or even XP, and MRIs are really, really expensive. So, yeah, it comes down to that money thing, which unfortunately is kind of the the curse and bane of anything we try to do in technology. So Yeah. I try not to look at computers anytime I'm at my dentist's office, just because it's I, I get hives over that alone. So, <laughs> but your teeth looks great. So doesn't, but thank you. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got a few minutes left. Uh, Datcher also contributes. He says I use the Sophos Intercept X to prevent to protect against ransomware. Uh, Alfred, any other good suggestions for people to maybe in, invest in if they want uh, increased protection? Um, I mean, Windows Defender does something like this, like you don't pay for that either, where mm-hmm. they'll prompt you to like back up your stuff all the time. And I assume that that backup would be on a cloud server. But I'll just say this with like ransomware, you specifically alone are not the target so much because it would be cheaper for you to just get a new computer. And like, I don't think that when they see like a specific individual, they don't see somebody and think, that person definitely has really sensitive files that they need like access to immediately. Right, right. Um, like I, I think if like my computer was hit with ransomware, it would be cheaper for me to just buy a new computer mm. uh, than it would be to pay for that ransom. Um, and 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 the thing is, like, I don't have that many sensitive files here. It's very different if you're a government organization or like a hospital where it's like I have fifty thousand medical records yeah. on these patients and I need to bill like their insurance. Uh, company, but I don't have access to any of that, and I will like I'm gonna go bankrupt unless I I get I pay this ransom. Right. Like that's the, the stakes are a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. Imagine Sagi says companies have budgets every year, and these hacks are happening all the time now. Have you heard of any companies or organizations proactively putting upgrades into their budgets? Um, 
I mean, I think every company is doing that. I think every company is paying a lot more attention to um, like these kinds of cyber attacks. Uh, like I said, the, these ransomware attacks that I wrote about, you know, spiking over the last year, it's more about like governments and like obviously like ransomware does hit like companies every now mm-hmm. and then. So um, Maersk, uh, mm-hmm. the, the shipping, shipping company, company. Yep. they were hit with NotPetya uh, in 2018. Also, that was um, from the Russian government. Um, and that cost that there was, it was known as like the, the most expensive ransomware attack in history. Um, there's an argument that it wasn't really ransomware, that it was done through, um, like as, as just an attack disguised as ransomware. Cause uh-huh. they didn't give them an, a, a decryption key for that. But that one was done like the way that it hit was so like obscure. Like, and that's, I guess it's part of the point that like ransomware can kind of come in from anywhere where yeah. they were it, a, a shipping, the, the shipping company got hacked through like a third party software through an office in Ukraine that then the software was more for like, like, like office administration stuff. Oh, wow. They hacked this Ukrainian office administration company, put the ransomware in the software. And then all these other companies that were using the office administration software that were got ransomware from them. Wow. Yeah. Sure. So, um, that's the thing. Like you can make all these upgrades, but like it's, if, if you're caught up in this, like mm. you're, you're going to get hacked. Oh man, Yan is trying to go behind the curtain here. It says, "How is CNET protecting against ransomware?" We got Alfred. Uh, yeah, they don't pay me Alfred. enough for this. But <laughs> um, I actually don't know if I'm allowed to disclose yeah, what our security programs are. I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't are. think we're allowed to disclose that. So sorry. Um, our fishing training kind of is very efficient, though. I think I don't. We know. do have security training. Yeah, they they tell you like don't click on like dumb links, but. Um, the thing about phishing is that, uh, if you're like, they can craft these like extremely well. Have you ever seen yeah. the fake Google, uh, sign the in fake pages? Google docs that you get. No. Yeah. They're really it's good. Really good. It's, like, oh. That's why like, I don't like to call people like foolish or anything like that for clicking on a phishing link anymore because these are, be pretty sophisticated. these are like really well crafted. They do, yeah. You really have to, if it's, I guess, uh, I don't like, know if you'd say best practice to just look and see where the senders like like one of what, from. they they kind of take advantage of like inconvenience right so like mm. they'll they'll send you a phishing link that's like hey your bank account is like whatever uh, click on this link to find out and the way to avoid that is to just go directly to the bank page right. yourself like open right. up a new tab and like check it but like who, how often do you do that right same thing with like oh you hover your mouse over the URL to see if it's really whatever um, again. People don't do that. Like, so right. they, they're really taking advantage of. They like, should be. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, right. but you're not. You're not going to do that. Like, yeah. um, there was a banking uh, hacking campaign. Like, remember, like a year ago or two years ago, when all these like restaurants were getting hacked, like Carl's Jr. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know how that worked? So it was a hacking group that like would pretend that they were catering with them, and sometimes they were actual catering customers. It was like, hey, oh, wow. I put in this order for like fifty burgers today. Um, like, here's the link to the address. Like, can you verify it? Oh my god! And then they'll like Carl's Junior man will just like click on it. Oh, like I don't see anything wrong with this. And then all the credit their customers' credit card information was stolen. Wow! wow. Boy, now I just want a Carl's Junior hamburger sandwich. Uh, moving on to the 5G. Uh, Imagine Saga says companies have budgets every year. Oh, sorry, I already read that one. Uh, skipping ahead to Joseph. Joseph asks, using a Galaxy S9 uh, was used on Sprint, and I am using the phone on Verizon. Uh, it has the LTE bands 24513. I don't want to upgrade to a newer phone just because of the newer LTE bands. Will I be missing out? Short term, you're probably not going to be missing out. Yeah. And by short term, I mean the next you know six months or so. Going forward, these LTE, these 5G networks are going to get a lot better. 
It's very much early days. It's very much theoretically the traffic moves over to five G. Like four G could get better. Four G could get better because they're the still going to be making improvements to four G because yeah. Yeah. not everyone they these there are hundreds of millions of users. Yeah, I don't think you f- should feel the need to rush to five G even yeah. over the next year or two at this point. Like there's plenty of time for this stuff to mature. If your phone is working and you your speeds are fine, don't yeah. feel any any pressure to jump. That said. If you are looking to buy a phone next year, you probably will want to get one with 5G just because if you're doing that upgrade, you might as well get yourself a little more uh, future-proofing. That's why I went back down to 3G. Nobody's on that now. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'm working out for you. It's great. Full capacity. My is so fast. <laughs> All right. Speaking more generally, uh, Storm King and many others are likely uh, in the market for a new phone. Is now the right time to make the jump to 5G? No. Yeah. I'll just, just say just, no. Plain and simple, no. Uh, especially with these early 5G low-band phones, you're doing a trade-off just right off the bat. You're not going to be able to use the millimeter wave. Phones that work with millimeter wave and low-band aren't coming till next year, and you're going to be paying a full price for it. It's not like these phones are any More cheaper. More than full price, right? These are they, these come at a premium. Right. right? This is $900. Yeah. This, is, this is a flagship top-line phone, and it's a very and nice one plus phone. phones, by the way, are known for being, you know, generally budget flagship devices. They're they're usually cheaper than an iPhone, which starts at this point six fit seven hundred. Seven hundred dollars for the eleven. Seven hundred for the eleven. That's nine hundred dollars, two hundred dollar premium for a phone from a brand that isn't really known for like super expensive phones. Yeah, well, but you're paying for that sick ass name, all right? The McLaren. McLaren XYG. There's a nice pattern there's here. There's a pretty sweet pattern it, to this yeah, thing. It is a very nice phone. Like I don't want to knock nice, the phone. The sure. phone is, it's got top line specs. It's got a gorgeous display, yes. 90 hertz. It is a great phone. There's, you know. It's a McLaren. And it's got the McLaren it's name the McLaren on it. McLaren of phones. <laughs> it's, Quite it is a very nice phone. But again, you are if you're buying it for trying to be, you know, future-proofing, yeah, this, you're really not getting that benefit. This is like the opposite of future-proofing. You're like locking yourself into like this one part of the technology right. that's out now. So, no, don't. I mean, if you can, I would hold off on buying a phone in general at this point. Like if you're looking for a phone right now, well, if you're looking I feel for like some, it's not a great time for that. We're well, there are a ton of deals still because it's a holiday season. Right. If you're looking to buy something like an iPhone or a Galaxy S10, but if you're, I mean, again, if you're no ten four, if you're oh, looking, if you don't need to buy a phone right now, I wouldn't buy one. Like well, unless yeah, you were desperately in need of a new. Even phone. Even if you did need to buy a phone right now, I wouldn't buy one. There's so many good phones out there. Well, <laughs> that's that's a problem with technology. There's always something right. newer, faster, and better a couple months away. But I feel like we're on the cusp of some pretty big changes to the phone industry, and like if you're buying now, you're kind of missing out on some of those changes. Right. So again, it depends on what you're looking to to buy. If you're looking to buy an iPhone, Apple generally doesn't update iPhones. There are rumors so, that they I mean, might do something in the spring, but they uh, usually don't do anything until the fall. Right. So you have almost a year. Samsung usually does something in the spring, but there are a ton of really good deals on some excellent Galaxy S10s and Note 10s out right now. Yeah, right. If you don't if you don't care about 5G at all, for sure you can Right. There if are you're good looking, deals right now. But if just going back to the question, if you're looking to buy a 5G phone, yeah, you you should wait, regardless yeah, of who your carrier is. You got like two months left un- until like January. Well, no, not even like less than three weeks till January. Just wait till the new year. What do you what do you need this new phone for right now? Some, wow, wow, okay. Getting all some, some judgy people like there. getting new phones around the holidays. That's that's <laughs> bad, usually, bad people. Those are that's what you get for you know holidays. That's a holiday gift thing. Well, uh, what would you do if you got one of these low band five G phones for like throw at their face? Yeah, so. No, but if I was buying a phone for my parents, I wouldn't care if it was 5G or not. 
But would you get them a 5G phone? Right wanna, now, no. Yeah, I, I would yeah. get them a regular I, I phone. Save, that a, I would a, save the money and I would buy something that's... I, yeah, I would get an iPhone or a Galaxy S10 or something or, or that has Or even a OnePlus 17 or 7 Pro. Right. That think, is, at this point, discounted. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like these, I think we're all on the same page here. These 5G phones right now are not like worth anyone's money. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 We've come to a consensus. Unless you really want to show your friends that you have 5G. Or the, McLaren, or the McLaren thing. <laughs> or the McLaren I mean, the thing. design is pretty sweet. Have you ever hung out with somebody that like shows off like a new tech that they have? I mean, it's like, hey, check this out. Yeah, but I mean, because we hang out with I you. hang out in circles Kindle, where we man. talk about tech. So that's so what you the... you just flaunted your Kindle with 3G. Man, I didn't even so. show it. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're hyping it up. <laughs> okay, we are just about out of time, so let's try to go out on a semi high note. Uh, let's get nostalgic. <laughs> that wasn't for... a high note. What? No, that was not a high note. Okay. Uh, okay, so we're talking nostalgia. Yan says, "Does anybody remember ICQ?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Did AOL buy a CQ or no? Or is that Evo so. or writing was on the AOL wall there? AOL or Yahoo, one of them. I can't remember. Now I did use ICQ. Both of them were writing on the wall. I mean, both of, like oh, yeah, I, they did buy ICQ and then they like AOL. Yeah, AOL uh, bought them and then I think I remember they sold them for like way less than what they bought them for. Yeah, that, that makes, sounds that about makes right. Sense with, that makes so with sense. Everything that happened that with the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, I did. I remember using ICQ almost as frequently as AIM. They were like different friends. I, I had some friends on ICQ, some friends on AIM. Was, yeah, I didn't know anyone. A fragmented on ICQ. world back then. You guys ever use IRC? I didn't. No, uh, I, I did use IRC. I was on AIM and Hotmail. MSN Messenger, sorry. Oh, right, yeah. Alfred, I used IRC, but only very briefly, only just kind of dabbled in it. IRC is great. I miss IRC. Yeah, we miss a lot of things. I am also kind of nostalgic for AIM, just because that was that first, like, I think I had AIM before I had a cell phone. It's like, this is, I'm I'm having conversations, and my parents can't listen to it by picking up the phone or whatever, you know. Try, yeah, I, I want to get with that phone. girl or whatever, and I'm going to send EVG, her a little what was your screen name? Uh, Gooter Seven, G O O T E R Seven, because it was a nickname given to given to me by my friends because Van Gelder didn't sound Dutch or German enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like. I think when I when I was getting a phone at that age, like the priority for me was can I get aim on this device? Like not like you know text messages or calls or cameras. Oh, or really? It was like I I want to be on aim. And aim was on a bunch of phones early on. That was like a big headline feature. Yeah. Yeah, all the cool yeah, kids yeah. had sidekicks. Oh yeah, I, I never never, I never had a sidekick. Never uh never had a sidekick. No. Yo, speaking of sidekicks, uh goddamn Gonzo was also pretty excited about the old sidekick. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean I would love a I 5G sidekick. Wish, I wish that everything uh 2020. Let's make a 5G yeah, sidekick. Like side everything kick else is being brought back. I kind of wish yeah. sidekick that, would be sidekick's actually why I got a G1 when it came out. Oh, because it was very it looks really similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, like I wanted one for such a long time, and then like right. I well, it's the it, same. It? I mean, Danger yeah. who made sidekick. That was Andy yeah. Rubin's company. So yep. yeah, made sense. We also obviously have to shout out BlackBerry. That was a major player for a very very long time. Um, there are they still, still technically, technically BlackBerry. They're still technically BlackBerry phones. Um, technically, technically. If we're if we're on the nostalgia topic of BlackBerry, um, so they put Jay Z back on Spotify yesterday. Yeah. One of my mm-hmm. favorite lines from him is when he he says, "Out the country, but the blueberry Black- still connects." Because yeah. he, blueberry? I guess he didn't realize that it was BlackBerry, and not blueberry, or he couldn't say it because of. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. with saying dropping, no. dropping a brand, or he didn't want, or he didn't want name drop like brands all the time, or he didn't want to because he wasn't getting. No, paid I'm them. pretty sure he just didn't know that it was called 
like blackberry well there were blackberry models that were blue maybe that's why it was confusing the blueberry still connects blueberry. i mean back yeah, when that song came out are... that blue was it a curve i don't know one don't... of the early no this is before the curve that song came out on the black album that was in like 2004 i think I think you're disregarding the obvious answer here, and that was that he was actually in private discussions behind the scenes with BlackBerry to de- develop his to own the brand. Blueberry. The Blueberry oh, still connects, or maybe, Actually, maybe he created the Blueberry. They just made one for him. <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah, here you go. Here's your Blueberry. All right, and one more before we, we shut things down. Uh, this one made me audibly spit take when he brought it up. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan said, I still have my palm tungsten device well i don't know if that really counts because he says Whoa. that's pre-2010 but i'm putting it up here because no, like holy crap man look at that pie chart too. look at that Damn. pie chart man that's doing a quality solid somebody somebody data business. crunching that oh dude yeah is doing a business I, I had a i had a palm trio at one point i, I used it for like i used it for like two months i had a razor and then my mom's phone broke and she needed a phone so i gave her my razor and i just took like my dad's old trio no not tr- sorry i didn't have a trio it was uh it was before that because it w- didn't have phone capabilities it was just oh, it was okay. just a pda and i used it for like two months that i was forgot it. about pda had great games on there I, I didn't even get close enough to do the games i just scheduled stuff and i'm like this is kind of a lot of work I had a some rando off-brand pda i don't remember what the heck it was Plum. Probably, but I just, I don't remember, but it was like, you know, you'd store your contacts in there. I'd have my agenda, my to-do list, and I loved that thing, and I swore by it. But then when Google Chrome, um, Google Calendar, sorry, came around, I kind of migrated everything to there, and that's where I've been ever since. I live and die by my calendar, so you guys know what an anal retentive uh, organization freak I am. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. You're great, BVG. We love you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, That's enough for today. Uh, That's enough for this week. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend, and Roger, tend us home. All right, we'd love it if you would subscribe and ring the notification bell if you haven't already. So you can join us, uh, join our growing regular audience base for the live show. Alternatively, alternatively, feel free to head on down the show description where you can find links to today's stories and every place you can subscribe to the audio podcast if you'd rather take the show on the go. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Alfred Ng. I'm Eli Blumenthal. Thanks for joining us. Bye.